0: welcome to the dimes alone podcast i'm one of your hosts scott Beal. this podcast episode which was recorded in the summer of 2020 will feature my good friend nick and i discussing his summer service trip to zimbabwe we hope you enjoy i'm one of your hosts scott Beale, alongside my good friend nick rents nick what do you want to talk about today
1: well, hello, Scott. Um, I am going to talk about my study abroad trip to Zimbabwe, Africa. Um, okay. and just a little background on me: um, from Dripping Springs uh, near Austin, I was homeschooled, went to church uh, all all growing up. So, been a long time Christian, at least uh, I think so. I think I think we're good with God. Um, oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, I came to Tech, got my ME degree, and uh, I met Scott at the Wesley Foundation um yeah and so now I have a full-time job here in Lubbock but um as an engineering student at tech um I was required to do a study abroad trip mm. and um you know a lot of a lot of tech students will go to Spain because that's where we kind of have a tech campus
0: yeah it's a it's it's a really good place for students to go no totally abroad.
1: yeah like uh, my my now wife Holly she studied abroad in Spain I loved it uh excuse me and um you know I just I just wanted to do something a little different yeah. um, and so this was a kind of a one-off trip um, to Zimbabwe to do engineering in Zimbabwe it was like also kind of a service
0: trip right almost like y'all were y'all had a project to do something correct right? yeah it
1: was I think the the total the full label was uh, engineering service in Zimbabwe that was the title of the nice. trip okay yeah actually okay well this says engineers in Zimbabwe the little notebook I have um, yeah, so uh, just to start off, I'm gonna kind of go through the whole trip and, and make some some points, you know. Um, so you know, starting out, I'd never traveled internationally before. I so. remember that when we first yeah. met. yeah God, And you' probably been had you been to Haiti yet? I yes, at that point okay. I had been to Haiti yeah. So very new to me. big flights uh, had to get a passport. Yeah, had to get a passport. Yeah. And my passport photo is terrible. Um, Everyone says. Yeah. I, mean, was, I was like <laughs> sick and my hair was just a mess. So Excellent. Um, so we flew from Dallas to London. And in London, we had an eight hour layover. And uh, that was really fun. And we didn't leave actually because there had just been attacks in Manchester. Oh, okay. Um, this was, wait, what summer was this? Summer uh, 2017. 2017. Yes. Summer 2017. So the yeah. attacks in Manchester. Yeah. They had just happened, I think, in early May. And we were going late May to, uh, to Zimbabwe. And so... Stayed in the airport for eight hours, which was super fun. Um, Tried to sleep after not getting no sleep on the airplane, but that's fine. Um, So after that, you know, we did another eight hour or 12 hour flight down to uh, Zimbabwe. And uh, we end up in this town. uh, Bulawayo is the capital of Zimbabwe. And so this is where it gets real interesting. So going into Zimbabwe, uh, when you, you went through security, right? You had to pay five dollars, five U.S. dollars, mm. to get into some public. Okay, yeah, and and it had no more, no less. You couldn't you couldn't hand them ten bucks and they'll give you five back. Like it had to be five. Dollars. It had to be five dollars. I mean, they wanted the Lincoln, is what they wanted. I, I guess so. Yeah. So we hand them our five dollars, and I remember I put like a little sticky note on mine, like "Do not use." You know, like because <laughs> <So laughs> I have to
0: make sure I can't get a subway sandwich yeah. here. I got to get <laughs> right. into the country,
1: right? So, um, we brought a bunch of equipment with us that we're going to use. And uh, I happen to have walkie-talkies with me. And like walkie-talkies you buy at Target. so like nothing special. Like just like the cheap, just you
0: just solely for the purpose of communicating very short distances. Yes. It was not professional grade. Yeah, like,
1: hey, we're building this pipeline. You know, you're 100 feet away. Like, I'm not going to yell at you. That kind of thing. And so they go through my bag and find the walkie-talkies and they confiscated them from me. Oh. And... And I was like the only student out of 12 that they confiscated. Yeah, that's from. always the fun. When they pulled yeah. it, like, no, you get out of line. I it's, want to talk to you yes. right now. That's and, always the most fun. Yes. And so um, the reason that I heard that they took it from me was um, because of political reasons. And actually, they elected their first president in 30 years. Or, or for the first president for like the first time in 30 years later that year. So There was a bunch of political stuff going on, Mm -hmm. and so they took it from me because they thought that it was going to be used for one side's advantage. Okay, that was what I was told. Okay, Um, who knows the truth, but that's what I was told. Okay, um, and so that's why they took it from me. So that's just kind of an interesting tidbit. Um, so But but now you're in the country, but yeah, so now we're in the country. I've got all my other stuff. Um, so uh, one of the guys who was with us was Tums, and uh, the first place that we went to was actually an orange farm and they had a nice little facility I was stay at. So, but, sorry, I just want ahead. to ask some clarifying questions. No, yeah, so, so how many people went with you on this trip? So there were 13 of us Americans, 12 students, mm-hmm. and then we had three locals who were with us the whole time. So a total of 16 of us that were going around the whole time. Okay, so y'all were the group
0: of 16 of y'all. Correct. Who, uh, who was like, you said the word, the name Tums.
1: Yeah. Is that, like, was he one of the, in the group, or was he just a local guide? What yeah, was? so so Tums, Clayton, and Tulani were the three locals, and I say locals as in they were from uh, Zimbabwe, or I think they were all three from Zimbabwe, but um, they were the, the locals who were um, driving the vehicles around for us, and, you know, there's a lot of little different tidbits when you're driving around, like making sure that you're doing the right stuff and making sure that we're, being safe you know mm-hmm. like that kind of thing okay. um so yeah they were just with us okay yeah. all right continue Sorry. Sorry. so you went to an orange farm yeah so we went to an orange farm and um i liked asking them a lot of different questions just like what about zimbabwe i've never been to zimbabwe before so you know let's figure something out yeah. so um one of the first things i asked about was uh the music and what music means there i love playing music i play guitar um, I do drums I do sound for church uh, my wife sings um, very musical in. family very musical family yes and my my dad built me a guitar that's another story but um, so in Zimbabwe uh, there's two different words that sound similar but mean different things and so the first one is ngoma which means music and singoma which means doctor and so for them and I'm, they truly believe that music has, very significant healing powers mm. and i think in america we also believe that but not in the same way yeah because like when you went through a breakup did, did you listen to a song i listened to the beatles my okay. mother yeah. my
0: mother always knew something was going on in high school if i was listening to the beatles she'd yeah, come sure. into the room and be like what's going on yeah girl <laughs> troubles
1: it was always right yeah, yeah it was awkward so example for me like the last month or so i've been listening to a lot of really uh like deep Christian music, you know, just like, you know, cause we're going through this, this pandemic, you know, or we're going to call it and just like been kind of pouring into that. Um, it's been helpful to me, yeah. you know, to like th- the healing of it. So, um, but I think, I think we think about it a little differently than hip hop. Like they do, okay. you know, um, just cause there it's, it's literally like doctor, like you listen to music and it can heal you like physically. That's can, something they believe. Okay. Yeah. That's very interesting. Just like, no, it. Uh, I remember a long time ago, I was
0: watching this uh, documentary on sp- er, space, mm-hmm. space travel, and they were talking about how one of the problems with long-term space travel is uh, bone, um, like density, bone density. Over time, yes. there can be yes. some deterioration of bone density, and they were using, they got the idea from purring cats, the oscillation of a purring cat, they thought had the ability, or if there was some sort of link between the purring of a cat at a certain as it hurts is that what is the is that frequency is measured in hertz yeah, at yeah some, something can. like that yeah. the the frequency of a purring cat was shown to somehow affect bone density mm-hmm. and it's just really interesting because like that's a scientific method that they were studying at yeah. the time for using sound to affect the human body so it's yeah. just a very interesting yeah. i just I thought about that the second that you said that, but so they were using music
1: as an actual healing correct mechanic. Yes, and I and not to say that I don't believe music has healing powers, but for them it was very much so. Like the correlation, I think was very was a lot deeper than for us.
0: So it yeah. sounds almost like it was a more a physical sense, yes. whereas opposed yes. to maybe the more mental emotional sense that we normally associate yes. with
1: music. Correct. Here's another tidbit about Zimbabwe that I'll go into. Um, so in America. Um, we try to progress, just our general tech and like the ro- you know, people are fixing the roads all the time, oh, yeah. and you know we're getting new sound equipment, new washer dryer, all that kind of and stuff. Every two years, you get a new phone, exactly. Yeah. So um, they've been replacing power lines next to our apartment, you know, that weren't there before. Um, and so in Zimbabwe, uh, they claimed independence in the '60s, and so before that, um, a bunch of British settlers came and brought a lot of the tech with them. And so like, you know, power, uh, the building structure, um, they built, you know, a power plant, but you go there and you feel like you're stuck in the seventies or like the eighties, you know, and, and just like the telephone wires are, are made of like the, where they connect are made of porcelain, like your toilet, which wow. used to be in America, but it's not now because okay. we've made new technology. Okay. Yeah. And so... That was just a very interesting thing to see. It kind of, it felt like you stepped back in time like 20 or 30 years. It's just an eye-opener. Yes, it's, it's, yes. How did locals
0: think about it? Were they, were they like disgruntled from it or were they?
1: I You know, I, I really don't think they were. Um, I think it's one of those things where like they they took it and it's, it's there now, especially for if someone was born maybe post all that. You know, like they're obviously it's like, it's there and they're used to it. I think that over time, they became indifferent towards it because because it wasn't from them. It was from someone else coming and forcing mm. it on them. Yeah. Um, but it's still there and, and it's still serving them in some way. Okay. In fact, actually, the the uh, the next thing I was going to talk about, we went to an orange factory, an orange farm, is where we stayed, and uh, they built their own power plant because they shut off the power sometimes. In, okay. In Zimbabwe, just because. A lot of countries actually do that. Yeah, I've, sure. Yeah, they just got to – you got to section off your power. Right. So, yeah. And so, yeah, so this next thing I was going to talk about, you know, the orange factory we went to. Um, so so we went and stayed at this orange factory, and they had several different uh, little cabins and lodges you could stay at where people will come and visit and actually go fishing in the lake okay. and see wildlife. Um, so we went and did similar things. Um, we learned about the orange factory – um, it's right, it was right on the border with South Africa, South Africa and Zimbabwe. Beautiful area. I mean, the river was gorgeous. Um, and I, I just wanted to touch on the story that we had. And, and um, so we went out into the orange field, and it was, it was actually the first day that they were picking oranges. So mm-hmm. we, got, we got to see people, you know, like how they do it. And I mean, they go quick, you know, like they're climbing up these trees and they're grabbing them and throwing them in a bag. I mean, it it was pretty shocking. I couldn't do that. Like, I can't climb a tree that fast. And so um, we were out in this field, and um, one of the supervisors, who was a native, um, was talking to us and telling us, you know, about how kind of the orange factory works and where the workers come from and that kind of thing, and they all get paid. Um, And then all of a sudden, you know, he's telling the story, and uh, a, a white guy stepped in and said, you know um, from the orange farm he was, yeah from, okay. he works for okay. the orange farm he, he's telling us how uh they got the land for the orange farm mm-hmm. you know and he's telling us there was nothing really happening on the orange farm like the industry indus- yeah okay. on the land industry-wise and he goes basically like they someone came in there and took the land and started working on it and all of us 12 students kind of go oh you know we start like nodding our head back and forth like oh we understand that was a big no-no. Oh, yeah. That was not a good thing. Because for us, and we talked about this later, for us, um, you know, we talk about, like, how America got formed. Like, a bunch of white people came over to America, mm-hmm. claimed the land, and, you know, kind of said it was theirs. But for us, in, you know, in Texas and in America, like, it that is history to mm-hmm. us. That happened a long time ago. Yeah. It's so, like, we don't really have control over that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like... Like we have, we couldn't, we can't affect that in any way. It's past. It happened. But this that he was referring to happened, you know, within a generation that is still alive. Yeah, the
0: people there are still like they, they probably knew the guy. They probably saw it happening. Yep. So like for them, it's a very current reality. Whereas yes. for us, it's two, three, four hundred years yep. change. So it's yep. like this is something that's currently happening to their reality. Yes. And so yes. that was that was a no no.
1: It was a no no. And um, I remember looking at the. He was the he was the manager of the people who were picking the, the plants and I remember when this guy stepped in and said that, like I could see the look on his face and it he looked, you know, perturbed by it and, and sat, you know, because yeah. he lived it. Yeah. He lived it. Unlike me living it, mm-hmm. you know? And so that was a very, very eye-opening yeah. time for us. And and luckily it was early in the trip because when it came up later, and mm-hmm. it did a little bit. You know, we were able to respond in the right way in a respectful. Yes, yes, exactly. Because yeah, and so that was a big turning point for us as a group, and just realizing that that's that's just the way it is there, and like what how Zimbabwe is. Yeah, and and a
0: note with that for anyone who's listening is you said this was your first time in international travel, and it's just a great if there is the ability to travel internationally, if you have that ability recommendation don't go to the big touristy spots right away it's a great cultural learning moment and if you're not able to travel internationally that's okay like I promise where you live there is most likely someone oh, yeah. who is not from there who can in like who can show you yes. your yes. cultural because ultimately nothing will change and our mindsets will not be open until we hear like how can we change if we don't hear about it oh. we don't know about it so I'm um, it's great that y'all learned that early in the trip that way, you were more—you mm-hmm. uh, were able to be more respectful and caring to uh, any locals that you met there. So that's—that's that's really encouraging yeah. to hear. So yeah. what happened? What happened next?
1: Okay, so yeah, so we moved to a couple different locations uh, while in the Zim. Um, that's what people said. They just said Zim because it's easier to say Zim than Zimbabwe. Okay. Um, so the next place we went to was this place called Stone Hills Wildlife Sanctuary. And Stone Hills Wildlife Sanctuary was owned by Richard and his wife, and I forget his wife's name. Um, but, uh, uh, his wife was from, uh, England originally and he, his parents were from England, but he was born in Zimbabwe. So they, uh, have a wildlife sanctuary where they just have tons of animals and they, they try to keep them all alive and provide a good environment for them to live. Um, they have beautiful, I mean, when I say stone hills, I mean, there's literally stone hills everywhere. And I mean, it, it looks like someone took a bunch of boulders and, and made them into like a little pile and you can go and climb them. They were, it was a lot of fun. So, um, we went there and tried to learn, okay, what does it take to run a wildlife sanctuary? There's a couple little tidbits that I want to throw in here. Um, I don't know if anybody listening has ever heard of dowsing and dowsing is a way to find water that you cannot see. So water under the ground. So like in Texas where I'm from in, in Austin, we have wells, you know, that water that's way under the ground. And so, A way to find it, without using technology, is taking two metal rods. You can make them out of your clothes hangers, like we did. Taking two metal rods, putting them in both hands, one in each hand, point them straight forward, start walking, and when the rods...
0: Loosely holding them. Yes,
1: loosely holding them. Yeah, when the rods start crossing each other in Mm -hmm. the middle of your hands, there is water under the ground in that spot.
0: When you first told me this, I thought you were <laughs> lying through your teeth. No,
1: dude. it Like, I haven't done it and then dug under the ground and found water. But, I mean, I know where my well is back home in Dripping Springs. Mm-hmm. And I did this. And, I mean, it I did it, like, 20 times. And it It did the same thing every time. So. that's Yeah. So, <laughs> it's one of those things you don't believe until you do yeah, it. Right. Okay. So, that's a thing. Um, also, just another. This is. I love nature and just talking about how it works together. So um, there's termites, a lot of termites in Zimbabwe. And so the termite mounds on this property, there was like six different termite mounds and they were all in a row. And when I say they were all in a row, you know how like you build a street and you want to make it straight as possible. Mm -hmm. The termites told each other, Hey, let's make six termite mounds and have them be in a straight line. And you could go and look at them and they were in an exact straight line, you know? And so This kind of brings me to my next and just talking about how, like, there in Zimbabwe... Well, we've talked about it a little bit, but just how, like, nature there and in general, like, has some form of knowledge, Mm. you know? Because, like, we can gain... We can go out and look at a plant or an animal species and gain knowledge from it or learn things from it, but do we ever think about like, how does a deer talk to another deer, you know, like a raccoon, oh you know gosh. what I mean? Like, yeah. how does that work? And yeah. so, or just termites talking to each other. And so that, that's something that we kind of talked about as a group, you know, being in a country where nature is a lot more prevalent and the nature is a lot more grand, I would say, you know, cause they have all the different species that we don't have here, like big ones. Um, and so that was just an interesting thing to talk about. Okay. And so, we, we did that and we're here at the Stone Hills Wildlife Sanctuary. One of the things we did was we went to a local school and we saw some kids dance and sing and, and play, they played for us because we, we came there and it was, I mean, it was beautiful. And and one of the things that I thought was really interesting was that they did um, Amazing Grace. They sang Amazing Grace, which to us is, you know, a fantastic song. Like we sing it a lot in America. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful, don't get me wrong. So the kids sang Amazing Grace and Richard's wife pointed out to herself that's her favorite song that they do that those Mm -hmm. kids sing and again don't get me wrong they did a fantastic job it was beautiful but the songs that they did in their native tongue Mm -hmm. to me were way more eye-opening because it was theirs yeah you know and so it's just something interesting that i thought about you know like i know me singing songs in my native language is a lot more fun than singing songs that come from another country Mm -hmm. you know and so um it, you could kind of tell a little bit on their faces, and just the way they sang the song with almost more passion. Yeah, and, and and they would dance a little bit more. You know, with the other songs too, and so that was just something that I thought was very interesting and difference the difference between my beliefs and her beliefs, and just cultures. Yeah, no, um, that's good. And then you know, to keep along that same kind of point, so I talked with uh, one of the guys who was with us, leading us. Uh, Tums was his name and um, so I asked you know one night like hey Do you believe in God like God of the Bible Jesus Christ that kind of thing and he said yes and so we talked about it some more and how um, in Zimbabwe there's a lot of uh, Native religion and native belief you know and, and of gods and spirits and things like that He mentioned how he does believe in God but how he also believes that these other kind of spirits kind of are prevalent within his belief of that. And so that's not how I believe it works, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I believe there's one God and there's one person we answer to, you know? And and another point he brought up was how nature has knowledge. Um, And I do believe nature has knowledge. But for him, it was like nature has knowledge. In and and of itself. In and of itself. The nature has the knowledge, whereas opposed to your beliefs, which is... Yeah, which is like all knowledge comes from God. Mm -hmm. And, and I I would say, you know, God would give that knowledge to, to the nature. And then that nature would, would then give it to me, but inherently it comes, you know, from God. And so that, that was just an interesting thing, conversation that I had with him. Um, okay. So now for a fun little story. Okay. okay? All right. So poaching, uh, in, that doesn't sound like a fun story. yeah (laughs) No, I mean, it, let me rephrase Yeah, it's an interesting, an interesting story. Interesting story, there we yeah. go. Okay, so poaching is where, um, you know, there's a lot of very unique creatures in Africa. Uh, the rhinos um, specifically are very sought after for yeah. the rhino horn. Oh, yeah. so, so poaching is where you go and kill a rhino illegally. Mm-hmm. It's illegal to kill rhinos. Um, and what will happen is uh, they'll kill them. Take just the horn off and send it to Asia and sell it on a black market. Yeah, that that's what happens. And so, we got a firsthand example of poaching. Oh no! And we did not know that it was a, it was a setup. You know, like it was a fake. Oh uh, okay. yeah, I okay. was yeah. like, no. you did not tell me this. Yeah, no, okay. Okay. that would have been that would have been bad if it was real. Yeah. So, where we split up into two groups and we go on a little hike. On the hike, our hike guide he's like, oh, I, I found a bullet shell. They like picked it up off the ground. We're like, oh, okay, that's that's interesting. You know, like didn't think anything of it. Mm-hmm. And um, we even kind of feel like we heard some shots off in the distance. And we're like, yeah, okay, we're on we're on a nature preserve. Like, there's hunters nearby on other land. Like, okay, whatever. So we all get back to the same area, and um, the owner of the land's sitting there, and he has a walkie talkie, and he gets a call. He goes, you know, and it's like there's someone on the land, like poaching, and we're like. What? And we're all sitting. We're all sitting there, like drinking coffee and tea, just chilling. And he, he, he gets a call, and, and and then all of a sudden it turns real bad. And he's like, "They're like, we got one, but one's running away." And they're like, "He's like, shoot, shoot him." Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, and we're like, uh, "What?" And he, he's dead serious. He he's a good actor, but he's dead serious. And and we heard shots there were shots fired very closely to us oh my god and so we're like well heck like this is not good and then he turns to us and goes we've got the prisoners do you want to go see them <laughs> we're like but is, is someone dead like, yeah we don't want to see we yeah. do not want to see a dead person okay? no, like i'm like i'm good with not seeing a dead person we walk like 100 200 yards away and and uh, they have a poacher he's on the ground you got him, you know, and there's a rhino horn sitting right next to him. So we're like, well, heck, like he actually got one. And then in the forest a little bit, we see some other guys, and there's a there's a body under a tarp. There was actually a human body under a tarp, and we go over there. They're like, do you want to go see the dead body? And we're like, I I guess, like, I guess I don't know. <laughs> like, so, what do you say? I don't. I just, you have. So we walk over there and we're looking at it for a little bit and then and then he moves and scares the crap out of us. Oh my god. It I mean, feels like a snipe gosh. hunt from a long time ago. So That's... so no one actually died, good. no one was actually shot. Yeah. But it was a very good example to us as students what actually happens yeah. in Zimbabwe. They didn't just make that up. They that that story is probably very realistic to what has happened mm. many times. And yeah. so very that's a very sad truth because people who who pay the poachers they will pay a lot of money mm-hmm. to get that kind of stuff and it happens a lot mm-hmm. um and so and that's a good point to bring up like it's you ever heard about poaching just make sure you know that it's it's not good like it's not good happen. it's a real reality yeah. of, the, of the world yes. so okay and so so moving on uh richard the guy who set all that up um we're leaving and uh, i was just reading my bible I was reading my Bible, and he comes up to me. He says, um, oh, you know, are you a Christian? Do you believe in God? I'm like, yes. And um, he he kind of turned to me and, and tells me, you know, like his thoughts on Christianity. And he he's not a Christian. And he's like, I believe in what I can see in front of me, mm. you know? And I'm like, okay, like, I, I believe that my phone is right here in front of me. I believe my lap. you know, I, I believe this will work and that kind of thing. But then again, again kind of similarly to what I said earlier is like, where does the other part come from like i believe that this this stuff is in front of me because of god you know and for him it's like a physical doing like he's the one who did it and and it was under his power you Mm -hmm. know and so there's like that disconnect between the here and now and what's above let me see if i can summarize it
0: for for richard it's more of a very tangible belief in the physical world, yes, but there's a disconnect when it comes from where were these, where did this physical world come from? Yep. Is there a spiritual world? Which right. is really interesting when you compare what it sounds like Richard believes mm-hmm. in the in a absolute physical world and no t- spiritual world yep. realm to the native people of Zimbabwe, where there was a powerful belief in the spiritual realm mm-hmm. when nature has spirits and the land yes. teaches very, like, in a tangible way. It seems like. It's just very interesting that you said Richard's from, he is his parents are not from Zimbabwe, right. so he is not ethnically Zimbabwe, no. but he no. is geographically a local because that's where he was born and raised yes. and stayed. So that's just a very interesting change that he can live in mm-hmm. a country that long and still be
1: so tied to yeah. his beliefs in the very physical world. Yeah. That's, that's a very interesting point you have there, yeah. Nick the next place we went to was Clayton's ranch and Clayton was one of the, he was one of the main guys who was helping us get around Zimbabwe. And so um, we installed a, we were going to install a pipeline for a school because they had no running water and the, the school was away from the town a little bit. Um, so we, we were going to lay this plastic pipe in the ground and connect it all for them. And then they were going to later connect it to their main water source. And so again, pointing out different cultural differences between America ends Zimbabwe, specifically because that's what i experienced um so we worked very hard as a group i mean like when we got there we're like all right you know boots to the ground let's go keep going you know keep working keep working and it was like 2 p.m i think and tom's comes up to us and is like you guys you guys want to take a break you want to you want to go home and we're like it's two you know like <laughs> we gotta we gotta keep going you know like that kind of thing and um Noticing a difference between work ethics between cultures, mm-hmm. and um, I mean we worked we I think we worked till four. I mean we were tired. Don't get me wrong, but we were like, let's keep going, let's keep going. You know, it's just kind of interesting because we started noticing that everywhere we went within Zimbabwe, and it wasn't a thing of them being lazy. Yeah, by no by, means. By no means, them being lazier, um, because the the two point two kilometer, however many miles it is, it's not that many, but you know, the hole, the hole that they dug for us, um, the locals dug it for the school. And when I say they dug it, like they used their hands to dig this hole. And I mean, it was rock. That's like, you tr- you ever try to dig in Texas? Like it's not easy. There's rocks everywhere. Hmm. And they did not have shovels. They didn't have, you know, a backhoe or they something. have heavy like. machinery. No, nothing. And and they the community dug it with their hand. I personally would not want to do that. You yeah. know? Different work ethics and work styles were very interesting to see. Yeah, they're very apparent. So
0: like we're here in, in the US for decades, it's very common to work a nine to five job. That correct. is even other other countries like Japan, it's very normal to work a sixty hour work week. Sure. Yet in other cultures you such as, as Zimbabwe, there seems to be kind of a oh let's let's work from this time to this time, yeah. let's take some breaks and then maybe we can yeah. pick it up at another time or tomorrow. Like it was, it was not a, a laziness, but it was a how they work style, okay. and that's that Absolutely. is that is a very interesting cultural difference between the two.
1: Yeah, because I mean, we I think we took three days to build this pipe, but I mean by the third day we're like let's just get this done, you know. And so like we were almost willing to stay there like all night, you know, mm. but they would not like. Like, he would not let us do that, which was, was good, don't get me wrong, like, but we were like, let's stay, you know, like, let's keep going, um, and so during this time we were building this pipe, we were staying at Clayton's ranch, and Clayton was one of the guys who was with us on the trip, um, just to recap a little bit, and um, from his ranch, um, there was a big hill that was straight across from his house, like, you walk out the front door and you can see it, you were, uh, we were told not to point at the at the hill, so we're like, what, like, why, you know, like. it's over over there it's (laughs) it's just right over there oh sorry sorry i'm gonna look at where it is not gonna gonna point you know like tilt your head like oh it's over there you know like that kind of thing and so he told a story um about how a group similar to us came and did some service projects and uh they're like hey we're gonna go fly our drone over it so look at the mountain you know and uh some of the locals go oh no don't do that not a good idea i'm like why and i just just don't do it please you know and and, you know, typical, like they didn't listen and and did it. And as soon as the drone crossed, you know, a certain path where the mountains started going up, uh, the drone completely stopped working and fell straight to the ground and crashed. And even. Excellent. Add, yeah, I, I know. I'm like, we're just kind of like, what, you know, looking at each other. And even to add on to it, uh, I think they tried to fix it. You know, like someone there had been, like, worked with drones before. They tried to fix it and they did, but it still didn't work. Mm. It just would not refuse to work. Like the batteries were shot, the wires, like everything stopped working. Okay. And so it was, it was almost like it was haunted, you know, if you want to say that. I'm thinking about this. And actually when I, later when I came back to the States, um, you know, Enchanted Rock is here in Texas. And um, we, we go to Enchanted Rock and we're hiking it. And, you know, you go in the visitor center and we're kind of reading a little bit about Enchanted Rock. And, I mean, it's kind of in the name. You know, like Enchanted Rock. So, like, something's going on here. And so, um, you kind of, in in America, I feel like we don't necessarily think about what was the significance of this place. Of the land. Of the land to another culture or another group of people, you know. And so, F- Enchanted Rock um, used to be this place where, you know, the, the Tonkawa Indians used to th- you know, tell stories about it mm-hmm. and how, um, there were spirits that lived there, you know, people who died up there who, who still haunted it. And that, I mean, Enchanted Rock glows blue in a full moon, you know, and mm-hmm. that's, that's weird to anybody, yeah. you know, but they thought it had, it had a significance in that they, it was a well-respected physical element, you know, yeah. And, and so, and I say all this to kind of just get to the point where like, yes like that was in zimbabwe you know and, that, and that's still something that they truly like the people who live around it really believe that and it kind of used to be that way with a lot of things here uh, in texas alone and so just noting that cultural something that's very similar with different mm. cultures and, and something that i think we miss out on a lot here um just in our our busyness you know, is that it had that kind of significance to someone at some point. And so I thought that was an interesting correlation between South Africa, or Zimbabwe, sorry, and Texas. You know, here we're finishing out the trip a little bit. Uh, like when you think of Zimbabwe, most people don't think of Bulawayo mm-hmm. and Stone Hills Ranch, they think of Victoria Falls. Yeah. It's one of the seven natural wonders of the world. And don't get me wrong, it is, I mean, it is insane how awesome it is. And, and we went and visited it. And uh, very touristy part is Zimbabwe, you know, like all the buildings are nicer, like the roads are nicer, um, all that kind of stuff. And I mean, for me personally, like I I see God a lot in nature, and so when I walked up to Victoria Falls, I mean, I was was awestruck. You know, like I couldn't, I almost felt like I couldn't breathe. And I only saw the part I was seeing, the first part I saw was probably one sixteenth of the total falls. Oh my god! You know what I mean? Like it's that big, and so. Um, we went to, we actually went to a spot where, you know, the falls are like 200 yards away, but you're getting soaked. Like it'd be like me walking into a shower, fully clothed with a backpack on Excellent. and just, yeah, just getting water all over me. I mean, that's how the spray of it, the spray of it actually causes a natural rainforest on the other side. Really? Yes. Because I mean, Zimbabwe is a pretty, I mean, I don't think it's as, uh, dry it's it's drier than texas like they do not get as much rain as we Mm -hmm. do here and so for there to be a rain literal rainforest here is pretty is pretty insane plants that grow there don't grow anywhere else in africa you know like they just grow there because of the fall that's so interesting and so that was where our trip ended and um it was it was don't get me wrong it was a great end of the trip victoria falls was a a very beautiful experience And the whole thing was a really, really awesome experience, and it was eye-opening to me. Mm. Um, And and just to to wrap up, you know, some of the big points that I I saw from this is they live in more peace, almost, because the rough times are more recent. That's it. Yeah. It's an interesting
0: thing. I was listening to uh, John Mark Homer, um, who is a pastor up in the northwest part of the U.S., like in Portland, Mm. Seattle, you know, the northwest Mm -hmm. area. And he actually was talking about um, how after World War II, and that was some of the happiest generation, which was really mind blowing to me. I would have thought sure. that would have been the least. Like they were they just gone through so so much right. tragedy. But what was said was that that was one of the happiest generations because. There was a release of almost a cultural or a a control idol that they held. Like, if we were talking about an example about this a little while ago, it's like if I showed up to dinner an hour and a half late and didn't let anyone know, there would be people who would be furious with me because I did not stick to the plan and there was a control item that was not able to be controlled. And that's just a small scale example. When you're talking about people coming in and taking your home, your land. Mm -hmm your like your sacred land that yeah. you that your family has held as 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 just sacred for that long. Yeah. Like they're and doing whatever they want and taking your rights and freedoms. Like they're now that they're past that, like they, they had to be a somewhat of a let go of a control idol that I think the US faces a lot. Yeah. Like that is a huge problem with sure. us today. Um but in World War Two after World War Two they let that go. Like they realized that they had no control of planes and they had no control of what happened all over the world. That like you can try and change things, and so that this is really interesting to me because it sounds like what you're saying is that from your experience, which may be limited, if I think it's fair to say, I was I was there almost a month, but not a month. So yeah, a limited experience at a certain place in Zimbabwe, but that's that's enough to kind of get at least a hint of a sense sure. of. that there may be something about a a certain level of peace that was different enough for it it to strike
1: you than it is in America. It's almost like for them, since it's more recent, since it's, since it is recent, um, that they search for peace more than conflict and not, not to say that there's not conflict and things going on there. But, um, one part of Zimbabwe that I went to, you know, the people there were very peaceful it was a beautiful area of the country um, with farmland. But, I mean, they lived in simple houses. And, and some of the houses didn't even have doors on them, mm. you know. And, and that was their choice, you know, just because they wanted to – it was peaceful to them because it, it's nice weather there most of the time. It gets damn hot, but, you know, it's, it's nice to them. And so – and, you know, that's another thing, like leaving the door open. Um, they use nature to their benefit – way more i think than we do and and not to say that one way is better than the other but there was a name and a use for every single plant rock like kind of rock or even the animals around them uh Tums was telling us like you know oh this plant can help with headaches this plant can help with a sore sore back this plant can help with you know a scratch and uh it kind of made me think okay so here in lubbock texas you know like which plants do that here yeah or do they you know but what we don't we don't know that kind of thing because that's mm-hmm. not a part of our culture yeah that's not a, a good or bad thing but that's just not you know because we have we have modern medicine and that kind of thing whereas they do not and mm-hmm. so they'll go out in their backyard and be like oh here's the soreback bush you know and like i'm like that sounds awesome like sign me up you know like but that's just how they live their life mm-hmm. in a very peaceful way um yeah, and, 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 and through all this, at the same time, there are definitely people within Zimbabwe that are from Zimbabwe that try to take advantage of how peaceful it can be. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, through all, like, I'm not saying there's not conflict there, because there definitely is, but overall, Zimbabwe was a, I mean, for me, I think it was a once in a lifetime experience, because yeah. they, they don't do this trip anymore. I would like to recreate the experience so I could bring my wife and kids on it. You know, I don't think that's going to (laughs) happen. Maybe, maybe I can, maybe I can roll something together, you know, we'll see. But, but I mean, I, I feel so blessed to have gone on this trip and I've been kind of going through my notes the past couple of days, like reminiscing and looking at all these photos. I'm like, dang, like, let's do, let's go back right now. Like, let's drop that two grand on the plane. flight. Oh <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, I mean, well, it actually might be cheaper because, you know, it's time. Just but I mean, it, what a cool experience. And I mean, yeah. uh, being there a month, I learned so much. I did not learn all there was to know, mm. you know, as we draw, talk about knowledge and, uh, but yeah, that, that's what I got to share. And, and um, I hope that you got something out of that. Yeah. And, um, if any of you, if any of that sounded a little bit wrong or, or just misplaced, uh, let me know. We'll, we can we can go get coffee about it. So okay. Yeah.
0: Well, Nick, thank you so much for for yes, being on this podcast. Really appreciate you discussing something that you were truly passionate about and something that you wanted to just share. Thank you for listening to the Dimes Alone podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. This podcast was created for the purpose of gathering friends together to discuss topics they are passionate about. If you enjoyed the podcast, share the love with a friend. Follow us on Instagram at Dimes Alone. And if you're interested in coming on the podcast or have thoughts on something we should discuss, please DM us. We appreciate y'all and we'll see you next time.